Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by Beltrami Electric Cooperative, Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji, and Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration. The Beltrami County Board meets tonight. We talk about it with Commissioner Craig Gosvig. That's next on Chat About. Craig, how long have you been a commissioner now? Uh, just finishing my fifth year, Kev. Okay, so time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's gone uh, <laughs> by really fast. It's uh been a lot of fun a lot of learning um yeah it's had its challenges too of course everything does but but it's uh it's been a good experience and happy to serve the people of beltrami county well as you as you look ahead to 2024 we we got through the the jail thing uh we have a site we 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 have to get you know a plan and all that put in place but it looks like that's all systems go what do you see as the next big challenges for the county um well, continuing, I mean, the jail is just approved. Um, we just need to, you know, continue on with that process. It'll be, you know, a couple of years, basically, before that is actually complete. Um, so that's still a, a pretty good challenge. To, all, the, all the hurdles that we run into, I'm actually on the, uh, the uh, committee for choosing the, the com, uh, construction manager at risk. So I'll have a meeting on Friday for about three hours going over. Um, the uh, responses to our request for a proposal for that, and and uh, so there's a lot of a lot of stuff to still to be done on that. Um, the other other stuff for the county, there um, there is a the news of I'm sure a lot of people have already heard that the redistricting lawsuit that Jim Lukachik uh, brought to the table after um, he felt that the as well as many others uh, Jim Lukachik had Al for the uh, the lawsuit. Um, that the map that was chosen after the last census was not uh, following the statute. The judge agreed and, and uh, awarded him the, you know, in the uh, results of the lawsuit. And so the, there's a, a redistricting committee. It will not be done by the county board. It's being done by uh, five citizens that um, are residents of Beltrami County that the judge uh, you know, picked from a list of five people that were chosen from one side of the lawsuit and the five people from the other side and the judge picked out of those 10 people five people in the community to do the redistricting and to follow the the letter of the law so to speak uh, which means that it was originally supposed to be done as close as possible in population the legislature had changed that from as close as practicable back in 1971 or something like that uh, um, and that's a uh, I think that's where the the difference in opinion was, was um, they thought that some of the people uh, thought that you could just fit within the boundaries of the plus or minus 10% from the average and know the, the, the reason for doing census and to do the redistricting is to get equal representation so each commissioner has approximately the same number of people that they represent. And the map that was chosen had a, a lot higher standard deviation from the norm than than other options, and so the judge ruled in, in Jim Lukacek's favor, and uh, now they will have to go back and, and pick up a, a better map that has a lot lot more equitable population distribution. Okay. So for those who missed it the first time, how did it play out uh, originally that caused this lawsuit? Um, the redistricting, we had uh, several maps that were brought to our uh, to the county board to choose um, which one our county board thought was going to be the, the, the correct map for the districts for moving forward after the 2020 census. And three of the commissioners voted for that um, map two is, is what it was, proposal number two, which had a, a large discrepancy between the, the, the highest and lowest 
district as far as how much their population was. And the, with the law saying that it had to be as close as possible uh, and still meeting a couple other parameters of contiguous and compact, um, and contiguous meaning that it had to, the townships and stuff have, have to touch side to side or top to bottom. They can't just touch on a corner. And same thing with the city wards and that you can't split any city wards or townships or, or towns or anything like that. So, so there's only so many different ways you can adjust the, the jigsaw puzzle, if you will, of right. all the townships and towns and so on. And then knowing the population of each one and so on, it's a, um, they, they chose a map that had a, a lot higher discrepancy. One district had barely the, above the minimum that was allowed and then had one that was almost to the maximum that was allowed. And so it had a, a huge discrepancy between um, districts as far as how many people they were representing. And so now after the judge has ruled that that was the case, then we will uh, have this new committee go back and look at, well, what, what map would be more equitable in population distribution? And that's what... Um, they'll have to determine. I think it'll be relatively easy because, like I say, there's only so many ways you can shuffle the, the puzzle pieces with those other pieces in mind, having that be compact. You know, you can't have one big string like, you know, um, all the way up to the northern part of the, and just like, say, the eastern part of the county or town or county or whatever. Um, it has to be compact. They have to touch um, side to side or top to bottom and then be as close as possible in the population. So, um it shouldn't be like it is now. I think the lowest population is 8382, um, and the highest one is like 9,700 and something. So it's like a 1,400 and some person swing from top to bottom. And and there was a map that was proposed, and there's even a better option than that, but the one that was proposed um, had all of them having over just over 9,000, like 9,000 to 9,500 9, or something. So okay. um, And there's actually a way that you could maneuver that map even better to have it be even closer in standard deviation. So uh, I think it'll be pretty easy for the, the redistricting committee and don't know that it really mattered per se. If they follow the letter of the law, it'll be, um, I think, pretty obvious what map they should have chosen. Do we have a uh, timeline for this? Or? Uh, I, the, the judge ruled on who, who was going to be on that committee. I don't know if, if he's set a schedule for when they're going to meet yet. Um, but they, uh, I, uh, he did say in his initial ruling that there were going to be three public hearings on it, so the public will have the opportunity to, to weigh in if they feel that, that the new committee isn't choosing the right map. They can, there will be three public hearings mandated. So uh, I believe that it'll probably, the public hearings won't, I highly doubt, will start before the first of the year. Right. And, uh, and then <clears throat> because of the public notice before public hearings and so on, it'll probably take at least a couple months uh, um, from the first one to the, to the third one and then, uh, hopefully it'll get uh, get ruled on. It really needs to be ruled on before before the end of May for sure because that's when the filing period is. Three of the commissioners are were up for re-election this year, anyways. Um, myself and Commissioner Anderson were not. However, in my belief that that the uh, all five commissioners will likely be up for re-election due to the necessary changes in the in the map. Yeah, because I think every commissioner will probably be affected some way somehow on the borders of their. Yeah, and if the, if a commissioner district gets gets uh, adjusted by over five percent from what it currently is, um, that mandates that they get reelected because of the 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 five. It's called the five percent rule. So if they don't have uh, um, you know people that haven't had the opportunity to vote for them or not, um, if it's more than five percent, then they they have to rerun. So so would we just hold off until the election day 2024 will well, there be a special election there, there won't be a special election I, um, it'll just be a matter of 
of in um, the committee will need to get done with it before the filing period starts for commissioner um, in the end of May uh, and then there'll be more than likely all five of us will have to file for re-election in fall of 2024. Okay. And then they'll also have to determine um, who is going to get a two-year term and who is going to get a four-year term because they have to be alternating. And so, like I said, right now, I was supposed to be in until the end of 2026, and so was Commissioner Anderson, but due to redistricting, we're going to be up for re-election more than likely. So, you know, which two get two-year terms from 2024 and which two get four-year terms from 2024 forward. Gotcha. Okay. So, so lots of lots of stuff there. Uh, not exactly on the county board agenda today, but good to bring up so that the public knows what's happening with with that and that, that it is coming up, uh, you know, for next year. Craig Gosvick, uh, Beltrami County Board Commissioner. It's their uh, bi-monthly meeting. <clears throat> so it uh, gets started with the work meeting agenda at three o'clock today, and that'll be at the county boardroom in the county administration building. Um, one of the things that I noticed right away was a resolution of support for United States Postal Service workers. Uh, that's on the agenda for the work session. Um, that obviously has been a big topic of discussion lately. Talk a little bit about that, please. Yeah, they uh, had a uh, listening session. The um, some of some of the legislators and legislative representatives for um, you know uh, Senators Tina Smith and and uh, Amy Klobuchar, um, as well as uh, Representative Stavers. Um, People were there, and that to listen to postal workers and and community residents and and you know, mayor was there. You know, myself and a couple other board members were there to to listen to what the you know these people had to say. Um, I think everybody has probably been personally <laughs> affected by yeah. this. Uh, I know businesses uh, have have not had their their advertising flyers go out. Uh, people have not gotten their bills to pay, and so then they're late on paying their bills because they just haven't come in the mail. And, and it's it's not their postal workers' fault, and, and they're put in the untenable position of having to having to to do more with less. And and then as people can't handle you know, or or don't want to because of the penalties or whatever involved, um, we've lost a lot of postal workers. My my own carrier shortly after that. Uh, that meeting, uh, he he decided he he wasn't going to do it anymore and and quit. And so um, I think probably eight or more now that have have left wow. the rural carriers mm-hmm. in our and that's we don't have a ton to begin with. So right, pretty uh, pretty bad situation. They're they're uh, an essential service and they're you know our government should be doing something to to make sure that that essential service is is being taken care of and and uh, you know substituting. I, I like the idea of treating it like a private business and trying to get more revenue by taking on the Amazon contract, but that was not the right way to do it, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, to you know, to to say, oh, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to have to take all these packages, which you're not used to having, don't have the room in your in your you know vehicles. You don't, they don't. I mean, it's just it was putting the cart before the horse by taking that over, in, in my opinion. Okay. Well, anything else in the uh, work meeting agenda beyond uh, the normal? Um, yeah, like you say, just the, the typical stuff there. We've got some new grants coming through for Community Health Board. That's what the CHB stands for um, in, the, in that. Um, and um, getting it, get an update, we normally don't know what, you know what that is about when we get an update from you know, the Uni- University of Minnesota Extension Regional Director, Tony Hansen, is coming in um, along with some staff. 
So kind of just give us an update on where everything's at with regard to 4-H and the SNAP ED and the, so on and so forth, the programs that they are involved with. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about the 2024 legislative platform, um, you know, things like, you know, trying to ask for more, you know, we didn't get any the first time around, but trying to ask for bonding money for our jail project to help offset the, the, uh, um, the money that we are going to be able to collect with the sales tax. If we could get some bonding money too, then we wouldn't have to collect the sales tax for as long because the sales tax does go away as soon as that bill is paid. So mm-hmm. just because it's able to go out to 30 years doesn't mean it will go out to 30 years. Gotcha. As we collect more and more sales tax each year, that that will likely get paid off in significantly sooner than 30 years. Um, okay. So we got that. Uh, child care, um, asking for sales tax exemption on the materials for building the jail. They didn't even give us that the first time around. Mm. You know, uh, we had... We hired a lobbyist, had them go in there for you know, trying to get bonding money or a straight appropriation, trying to get just the sales tax removed. I believe we, we have another angle that we can go with the sales tax to not have to pay sales tax on the materials, you know, and then get it reimbursed later or whatever. But uh, it's um, um, you know, just kind of silly that they didn't even approve that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Weird. But especially with uh, how much they were spending on everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, child care is always near and dear to me uh, in our area. I think we have so many good things going in Bemidji, but we need to have the child care to be able to attract the young young couples and stuff to want to move here and, and work here. So, Yeah, that's huge. So, so that's good. And then uh, solid waste. Uh, I'm, mm. I'm on the solid waste committee and the Polk County Solid Waste um, Joint Powers Board that we have. Um, we were proactive. We know that the that they're going to uh, shut our, our um, demolition landfill down in twenty end of twenty twenty nine, and so we said, well, we'll we'll come up with this plan. plan. We paid for a, a, a study to be done on what would be the most effective way for the up nine counties up here in northern Minnesota to be able to handle because uh, some of them have already had to shut theirs down, and how how can we best serve our nine county region? with solid waste and and came up with a hub and spoke design had it all laid out and they you know said well we'll we'll fund the spoke part but not the hubs in other words they won't fund the the two new lined landfills you know the the mpca doesn't want to play ball with it for some reason it's like so you want the stuff thrown in the woods then or what what are we supposed to do if you can shut us down and we don't have another option and right. they, you know they won't we we go through all this work to show you a great option and then you won't won't help us fund it so mm. it's a little frustrating yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as these things are that's well a, that's about it for the work session okay we got the regular meeting starting at five and, and then there's an opportunity for citizens to address the board uh, and that is what uh, that how long is that window open as long as it needs to be or uh, yeah and you know we haven't haven't had much of that lately um, um been a lot different than it was when i was in, <laughs> in the chair role <laughs> i had a lot of stuff going on then okay but, uh, oh, yeah but uh yeah the that just goes up, you know, if there's a few, couple people, it, you know, they have up to five minutes apiece, so it usually doesn't take long. Um, okay. But uh, then we've got the uh, committee assignments, um, and basically most of the time they stay pretty much the same for the for the various commissioners. We have different boards that we sit on. You know, I'm on HRDC and the Black Duck Ambulance and Cast Lake Rural Fire Association and several several boards that we're, we're on, and, and I'm actually, the, you know, on the chair of both couple of those and an executive board of one of those and and so um it's good to keep consistency and who's in those roles because a lot of acronyms to learn and a lot of things that we need to 
to yeah. uh, to contribute. Um, a lot of those boards, we we need to be involved and active and attend because otherwise they don't have a quorum. They can't conduct their business because we're part of their their operation. So um, so it's important for commissioners to to attend those um, and to be knowledgeable and participate. Um, commissioner's salary and per diem is going to be discussed and and. That, Basically, that's been set on pretty much autopilot. Whatever the staff employees get is what the commissioners get as far as an increase each year. And okay. so that's, uh, you know, that's how that works. Um, I, I do see that uh, you'll be discussing legislative and lobbying issues. You already talked about uh, lobbying on behalf of the jail. What are some of the other issues the county wants to talk to the legislature about in the upcoming year? Um well, that, that I mentioned actually a lot of those already too. Okay. That, you know the the child care, right, right. and okay. know, and uh, and then you know those are some of the things that are more important to me. That we got a list of like uh, thirteen different items, oh, wow. I think. Uh, okay. Um, but you know, those are those are some of the ones that I'm most most <laughs> wanting to have uh, attention thrown to. Yeah, each commissioner has the opportunity to to say if we want something thrown on the list, and uh, I've put some of those that I mentioned on there. Okay. And then you're going to wrap it up with the budget meeting. And that's where we uh, make uh, the uh, final decision for 2024 tax levy. Yes. Yep. We, you know, passed the preliminary budget back in the end of September, I think it was. And, and uh, I don't believe anything has, has changed um, since then. And so I, I expect that it'll be, uh, you know, pretty straightforward on passing that, um, you know, but uh, that is the final levy. People got their proposed levy, uh, their proposed property tax increase in the mail already. That was based on the preliminary one that was passed back then. So nothing should have changed from that, as far as as far as I know. Okay. Um, so uh, again, what what is the number we're looking at? Um, the the number is six point six five percent increase. It's about a one point two nine two million dollar increase over the previous year. Um, and uh, a lot of a lot of that, I mean, we're paying an extra six hundred thousand dollars to outhouse our prisoners because of what the Department of Corrections has done in, in reducing our count of how many how many inmates we can have in our jail. And so we're having to transport them and pay for them to stay in other facilities all over the place, and and that's expensive. Yeah. And so that's another reason why we got to get get got to keep things moving on the new jail so we don't have that issue moving forward because um, that's a that's a big chunk of change to be showing out. I mean. Approximately, I think it's around three hundred thousand is one percent increase, and so two percent of that is just in the increase in the, the outhousing of inmates. Okay, and one of the things I notice on this uh, public hearing as well is the adoption of the transportation improvement plan. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically our roads. Okay, and, um, our highway engineer has a. a Usually it's big. If if you look at it online in the letter size, uh-huh. <laughs> you need a magnifying glass to read it. <laughs> but, okay. but uh, he prints it out for us in eleven by seventeen, so it's much more easy to to see what it actually says. But uh, but that's uh, laying out approximately what we expect to accomplish for road improvement projects and bridges and roads and you know whether it's a complete re- reconstruction or whether it's a mill and overlay and or so on. Um, for the next five-year period, for 2024 through 2028, and so. Okay. Any any big ones? Any big cool ones on there that you know that you're aware of? Well, there's a couple. Of, um, there's one that's somewhat contentious, and that is, um, and that's actually another thing that we're that is in the um, agenda for tonight is to to get 
so he has consensus from the board on how are we wanting to move forward with the County 20 project, which is right up on the north end of Lake Bemidji. Um, mm-hmm. There are um, some people that want to shut that and make it a dead-end road there um, so that you'd have to take an alternate route and wouldn't be driving right along the north end of the lake, like from the state park west towards the towards Old 71. Um, okay. It's like going right in front of the golf course and stuff. You know, that, that section of road is scheduled to be redone. Um, there were diff- very, various different op- options presented, and the way that we originally were planning on going forward with just um, redoing a road, making a bike path there, so when they do the loop of the lake and stuff, it's safer for pedestrians and, and so on. And we already have a nice bike path along County 20 from the state park heading east um, that was done this, this last summer, completed. And uh, so it would you know, be kind of a continuation of that. And the... Um, board will have to decide if we want to tell them to continue with the what we had planned or if we want to put a halt to the project or if we want to um, just do a very simple mill and overlay type thing and and not really do anything to the road not have the bike path or anything we have to make that that uh, determination so we can give him direction on how to move forward um, I, I think it's likely that we will not do the last one because uh, there's also a project Northern Township has going on with uh, city water, or getting city, but getting water and sewer um, accomplished at the same time as the reconstruction of the road, um, which would be really beneficial to the lake and everything. So um, I, I think that uh, it's likely that it'll still be a reconstruction. The engineer is recommending that we stay with our original plan. And okay. So I would think that's probably the way that it'll go, but I don't know. Um, so that's uh, that's important. There's also a study being done up from Annabelle Street to uh, 197. Uh, we got some grant money to study that um, um, and come up with the feasibility of um, and what it would cost it to apply for a federal grant for that. I'm not 100% sure why it would be a federal grant, but um, but that section of road. The other section from Annabelle Street, um, Annabelle Street is like, um, I believe it's just north of, of on old, old 71, um, just north of like uh, Knife Urban Materials, not too far oh, yep, there. Yep. And uh, um, from there, it's I think it's like 9.5 or 9.7 miles all the way out to, to New 71. So all the way basically to Turtle River. Gotcha. And so, so that is going to be a mill and overlay. That's a pretty large project on the on the agenda there. For, I think that I think that was next year's uh, okay. deal. So. Well, it looks like you're covering a lot of stuff tonight, so I'm wondering what, what are you going to accomplish next meeting, which is like a week from uh, tonight. Yeah, yeah, we actually, <clears throat> some people are probably wondering why we, why we have back-to-back meetings. Well, because of the Association of Minnesota Counties um, annual meeting or whatever their, their main fall meeting it, it always lands in the first week of December. So that's why if you look in our, our up, upcoming year meeting schedule, that's why it's already moved for the December meeting to have it back to back again, like it typically is because of that. So, okay. um, but yeah, we've got, uh, we've always got lots of stuff going on. <laughs> so, um, don't know for sure. You know, the management team meetings, um, are when it's determined what's going to be brought forward to the, for the work sessions and, 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 uh, and then we have the standard stuff for the board. Um, the, uh, uh I believe next, next, uh, chat about next week, you, you will have, um, Mr. Anderson, who oh, yeah. that will be his last uh, last meeting as the chair, and then uh, John Carlson will take over as chair next year okay. uh, for District 5. And so uh, that'll happen on the first meeting in January, the changing of, the, of that chair position. So 
Okay. Well, again, we've got the work meeting starting at 3 o'clock, and then we've got the regular meeting at 5 o'clock, and then at 6 o'clock, the budget meeting. So it is a busy day for the Beltrami County Commissioners. Fred Gosvig from the County Commission and joining us today to talk about what's on the docket. Craig, always great to have you in. Thanks for taking the time today. Thanks, Kev. It's always great to be with you. Chatabout has been sponsored by Higgins Heating, Air Conditioning, and Refrigeration, the Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji, and Beltrami Electric Cooperative. Tomorrow on Chatabout, one more time as the Joint Planning Board Director, Jamin Carlson, joins us. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. As always, thanks for taking time to be with us.